Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Now, it seems money matters are getting more and more complicated. You know, from savings to debt, from mortgages to PCPs, from bills and taxes, insurance and change in service providers and pensions and taxes. The list goes on and on and on. Just things we have to be thinking about and we do have to be thinking about them. Sorry to tell you that, lads. It is exhausting. But here now to help is Paul Merriman, a friend of the show and now author of Money Made Easy, Simple Steps to Managing Your Finances. Paul, it's great to see you again. You're very welcome back. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. There's a lot in this. I, I There's a lot. It's so good to have something like this, tangible, that we can just pick up yes. and read by ourselves and nobody <laughs> knowing we're in this shit. Nobody sees you sweating. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's done so well, this book. It's oh, popular. You. Yeah, it is. It's been very popular. Yeah, It was number one non-fiction last week, which mm-hmm. I'm really proud of. Uh, I was very nervous putting the book out, actually, uh, Jen, to be honest, because uh, I think with Instagram, obviously you've a large presence on Instagram for years, uh, people use it for asking questions and it's free and it's great. But I think um, asking somebody to buy a book is a bit of a leap for us. So I was very nervous, but light it's gone down well. Uh, yeah, chuffed. Yeah. Um, let's, yeah, let's talk about some of the things in the book. So yes. one of the things you talk, um, first and foremost, is how to change your mindset about money and financial well-being. Yes. So what do you mean by that? Well, I think the word well-being is uh, kind of talked about a lot, whether it's the fitness industry using it, the financial industry using it, uh, you know, it could be for health, fitness, mental health. It's just everywhere. And, you know, it really bugs me when I see banks in particular using the word well-being. Uh, I just don't think it should be associated. I don't think they do a good job of it, to be fair. But I think when it comes to well-being, I'm trying to encourage people to try and find out what well-being means to them. Don't let me tell them what it is, or your parents, or your friend, your neighbour, another financial advisor, or certainly another banker. What you should be trying to do is write down three financial goals that you want to achieve. And most of our clients are retire early, get a mortgage or clear a mortgage if they have one. Mm-hmm. Maybe look after the kids from inheritance or kids' education funds or worrying about kids getting on the property ladder, etc. And whatever those goals are, you just really align your money to help you get to those goals. So you need to find out what your own wellness is and your own well-being. And that's really where we want to start a book and try and make it a well-being book where people can walk away going, well, this is important to me and this is how I'm going to build my financial future. And we also, we're honest in the book and say, it's not going to happen tomorrow or next month, maybe not even next year. Like some of these goals could be, if you want to retire early, could be 20 or 30 years away for some listeners. And that's okay. Um, and just doing maybe a small thing today will make a big impact on a couple of decades. Uh, so yeah, so do you it's think not easy. It, do you think it's important for everyone to have financial goals, so to speak? Oh, 100%. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, um, and I think you probably have the goal, but you don't realise it. Like for some people, it might be getting out of debt for some people it might be getting the property for the first time and getting on the property mm-hmm. ladder it might be saving enough money for a wedding it might be you know I want to take an extended maternity leave off I'm going to have a kid so there's loads of different things you probably don't think them as goals but they are I think if you need to write them down and try and figure out how your pay packet is going to help you get there because and we mentioned this in the book this is really important it's so important to realise that you work really hard to get your money into your wages your wages in your bank account rather your money into your bank account and you work really hard and you pay a lot of tax to get it there as well in Ireland so it's really important you understand that that money is supposed to provide happiness. It's supposed to give you a good time. It's definitely not supposed to stress you out or cause you any concern. So having good money management skills and having a couple of financial goals in mind, making sure your money's always working towards those goals is a complete no-brainer considering how hard you work to get the money into your account. Now, the book is broken down into seven sections of the financial wheel. Yes. So what are they? Okay, so the financial wheel is really important. We start with personal budgeting and emergency funds. We look at savings, investing, pensions, okay. mortgages, 
outrageous tax. And what we asked readers to do was score themselves on the wheel out of 10. And the idea here, Jen, is that if you come out on maybe a low score on mortgages and you haven't got a mortgage yet, go read that chapter first because that's the one you should be focusing on. So try and read it in the way that's going to make the most benefit to you Mm -hmm. because it's hard to read a book, especially a financial planning book. It's hard to read from start to finish and find out what impacts you. So we say read a chapter, maybe even give it a break or two for two, two or three weeks, come back and read the next chapter and try and educate yourself as best as you can on what's more important to your financial life. See, when we're reading, writing a book like this, it was difficult because I don't know all the readers' personal finances and I don't know where they are. And you're trying to write a book that would help a massive amount of people. Sure. So trying to get the financial wheel in place is trying to encourage the reader to read it the way they want and what's important to them. So you can dip in and out of it. You can dip in and out of it and then maybe give it down to somebody. Uh, I heard a lot of people going in and buying two or three copies for their kids and for nieces and nephews and gods and all, which is great. But I do think it'd be great to hand the book down to somebody. So once you read it, you know, if you, if you know someone that's struggling or thinking of getting a mortgage or maybe struggling with debt, or a gift from the book or buy it in book, whatever you want to do, it's a great way to maybe help them on that first step of yeah. financial planning. Now, you said to me there, you said, uh, you know, your office is very busy as well and January is a very yes. busy time. When do you think we should sit down and set aside a certain amount of time to look at our finances? Should it be done at the beginning of the year? Should we be doing it on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis? How often should we be doing that? Look, I think yearly is probably enough for everybody unless you're aggressively saving for maybe the first house or, you know, you're maybe having a family and you want more time off work or something like that uh, that's more kind of short term you want to be reviewing maybe monthly or quarterly but generally speaking we view our client stuff on a yearly basis uh, make sure they're on track with those financial goals uh, but I think the best time to do it yeah January our industry is very much like the fitness industry I was saying in that you know people wake up in January loads of goals loads of aspirations for the year uh, and maybe have had a bad <laughs> <laughs> bad December where they're spending too much or eating and drinking too much um, so yeah it's a good time in January I wouldn't beat yourself up I mean we've got a free um, financial planner on askpaul.ie you can download it for free kind of tracks where money's coming in where it's going out and that's the very basis of just not how to get the payday without being in an overdraft or own your friends or family a few quid just surviving the payday is step one in a decent financial plan and then after that if you've a couple of quid left over deciding where to put it and how to put it one of the biggest questions we get though kind of all year round and for not what it is for this type of year though is that I've got a lump sum what do I do with it? Yes. Do I, do I pay the mortgage? Do I save it? Do I put it into the pension and get tax relief back? What do I do with the lump sum? And the best way I can say this if you have the book or you're going to get the book go to the financial wheel you're trying to make a lump sum spread around all the wheel never put it in one place not a big believer in making like if you're lucky enough to have a mass say 50k or something don't lob it all off the mortgage today because there's no point in going back in in two years time and borrowing for a car loan then at 8% off the bank so try and think about what you need short, medium and long term and try and spread the lump sum around the financial wheel try and sit as many parts of it as you can so save a bit invest a bit bit in your emergency fund maybe pay the mortgage down slightly, maybe put money to the pension and get tax relief. So you're trying to make sure that you make the money work the best it can. But Jen, that's the same when it comes to the 100 quid a month or the 500 quid a month extra you might have or the couple of grand, whatever your circumstances are. It's trying to hit all aspects of the financial wheel that's in the book and try and make it work as best as it can and make that money work hard for you. But also, a culture is in the book. Spend your money. Spend your, your money. Mo- your money is there to be spent and have a ball. It's yeah. there to give you a good time, loads of good memories, load of good experience with your families or your loved ones, whatever your situation is, and spend it. Just take a small proportion and do something cool with it for the future. That's all everybody needs to do. It doesn't need to be a big money diet or not spend any money. And financial planning is not about living a miserable life. It's about having a great life with your money and just putting a little bit of money yeah. aside for the future. Do you, do you tell me in the book to stop buying takeaway coffees? <laughs> no, we don't. Thank God. No, 
we don't do any of that God. nonsense. We don't. And look, this thing as well. I remember years ago, the avocado and toast first time buyers can't buy. Like you'd, you'd want to be missing avocado and toast for 150 years to try and get a deposit in Ireland today. So that's not the problem. Um, what I, is the problem? I, I, well, look, house prices are a completely different part of the book, but I think house prices are the biggest problem for first time buyers. But I yeah. think people are sick and tired of being talked at and told what to do without we call these spreadsheet advisors like it's easy we see these all the time with teachers and nurses unfortunately they have a really good state pension they're going to be sorted when they get to retirement age by the government they've got a phenomenal pension plan and we often see them being sold what's called an ABC an additional voluntary uh, contribution top up by pension salespeople. the problem with that is that you know if you meet a teacher or a nurse and these are typically the people that are targeted they might be still living in their parents' box room and have an extra 20 grand in ABCs for 65-year-old them. They're better off having that money in a deposit account to buy a house and be able to move out. And that's logical, but sometimes people get dragged in different directions with their finances because they feel they don't understand it. So the other aim of the book was that if you read the book, you should be able to handle any financial situation that comes your way in life, whether it's now or in five years' time or 10 years' time, whether it's pensions or mortgages or, you know, we go through mortgage interest rates in the book, which is a phenomenal difference over the last couple of years and interest rate rises um, so I suppose I think everything that's in this book is probably what we should have all been taught maybe in four school. to six years before you left school lots of people will have their cars can we talk about this for a second PCPs because yes. I'm going to okay okay <laughs> we'll move on you hate them do you yeah I You're... do and look I, I'm not going to give the car actually too much of a hard time I do always but I won't today I think they're fine for people that realise that they're never going to own the car and they're going to be renting a car and some people are okay with that the problem I have with it is that if an economic downturn comes and you're paying four or five hundred quid a month forever and you can't pay it for any more for whatever reason, whether it's a recession or whether it's a, jo- a loss of a job for redundancy or whether it's sickness or whatever it is, I think you're better off getting a car loan, a normal car loan, paying it down over three or five years so you're certain at the end of the five-year period you own that car. Now, if you want to go again and trade it in and get another car loan, that's up to you where you're not roped into the contract. My biggest problem with the PCP is that the car industry has kind of changed the word bloom payments to be guaranteed future value. It's a bloom payment you owe at the end of the three years. You either give the car back or you go get a loan off the credit union or someone else and pay the loan down. And you still have another loan then to go. Um, so look, it can work well for people, you know, and there's some benefits to them that they look after the car, they maintain it, they do all the usual stuff with it. Um, but I'd just be afraid that people go in with a deposit today maybe 10, 15 grand from selling their existing car they have no loan on or they have good equity in the car maybe and they're going to end up maybe in six years, nine years or even 12 years time with no equity left in a car and they're always going to be on this loop of just renting the car forever and that's okay to do when you have money coming in but as a just in case you know at least you can clear your car loan have no car loan no expenditure going out. Um, pensions. Now you say, do people glaze over when you... Yeah, they kind of do. And this is where the lack of education, I think the, I say this in the book as well, I think the insurance industry and life insurance industry has a lot to answer here for because, you know, answer for here, because the the main problem here is that pensions are the number one best way to build wealth in Ireland, no matter what your background is. So if you're on the high rate of income tax, the revenue are going to give you 40% back for every cent you put into a pension plan. So for every time you make a hundred euro contribution, they're going to give you back 40 quid. You don't get that return anywhere I mean we're trying to invest for clients and showing them funds that have done 10% per annum for the last 30 odd years and they're amazing and they just say the government are giving you back a 40% return which is almost you're giving them a 66% up you don't get it anywhere in the world it's phenomenal but people don't understand them most pension plans you can only access from 60 years of age but even old company pension plan where you left somewhere you might be able to access that from 50 of a made sense for your financial plan 
everyone's going to need one. Uh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. in my early 40s. Going back to the financial wheel, I'm in my early 40s. I'm probably five or six out of ten on my pension planning. But I've another 20 years to sort it out. So I'm not panicking too much. I'm on track to get there. Everyone needs a pension at some stage because the state pension is so small. And if you're listening to this and you're in your 30s or 40s, it's not going to be 68 by the time you get the state pension. It'll probably be 70 by the time you get there. So if you want to retire at 60 or even your mid-50s or late 50s, you have to have something else. Now, people might say, I'm going to have a second property or I'm going to get inheritance from my parents or I'm going to have keep in the bank because I don't just trust the markets or whatever else they're going to say. You can invest your pension in a deposit account. It doesn't have to invest in stocks and shares. You'd be crazy over long term to do that. It's going to really poor return. But you can keep it as safe as you possibly can by just getting the tax relief, if that's what you're fearful of. So I think so many people are fearful of the word pension. They've had horror stories from the financial crisis. So I think if anyone is thinking of starting a pension or is in a company pension is unsure how to invest it, either reach out to us for a consultation or somebody or pick up the book and have a read through it because you really need to, this is probably going to be your biggest asset after your family home in the future if you have one or you've had one with a previous employer. And it's so important that it's managed correctly and you understand it. Um, but ultimately speaking, this is just a bank account that gets massive tax relief and you can't touch the money till you're 60, typically speaking. And that doesn't sound too scary. <laughs> Once you say the word pension, people lose the will to the horror lose. stories yeah, as well. Yeah, just yeah, the past horror stories. And it's not that bad. And they're way more secure than what you would have heard going on in the financial crisis era. Okay. Listen, lots of great tips, but of course, there's loads more tips in the book and it's on every aspect of your finances. It's called Money Made Easy, Simple Steps to Managing Your Finances. And if I pick up the book and if you tell me not to buy a takeaway coffee, Paul, I'm coming for you. Paul Merriman, thanks for coming in. Thank you. On 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leahhealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.